On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to chat with Jake Bjorseth from Trendsetters. We talked all things TikTok shop. We went step-by-step through how to actually set up TikTok shops. We talked all about what this incredible gold rush will potentially be on TikTok with creators. We talked about the complete reversal of what influencer marketing is going to look like in the next few years. And guys, I am so glad we are already on this at Upgrowth and at our brands right now. And it's incredible to see this massive shift in the market towards performance with influencers. Guys, you don't want to miss this one. But hey, guys. We all know how daunting it can be to rely on past inventory projections, especially when it comes to getting the exact right amount of inventory in time for the holiday season. I'm sure lots of you guys are there right now. Well, I actually have an exciting solution to share with you today. Introducing my buddies over at Portless. It's a logistics company that is legitimately changing the game for D2C businesses. By shipping your products directly from China straight to your customers with a fully domestic shopping experience, including custom packaging and local tracking numbers, which is the biggest thing here. They're actually able to keep you in stock all throughout the holiday season and hopefully actually with less inventory on hand, which we all know will help us with our cash issues. Uh, With Q4 right around the corner, it is absolutely crucial to prepare for this holiday ramp up and secure your inventory. Do not let the risks of overstock or stockouts or having your cash flow tied up in inventory hold you back. Portless has revolutionized the way the brands move inventory. Say goodbye to the days of ordering inventory way in advance like I still do. (laughs) Uh, You have access to factory MOQs and you can replenish fast-moving products super, super fast. Generally, sometimes within three to five days, allowing you to capitalize on the demand and then eliminate product wastage. Gone are the days of long shipping times that come with traditional cargo shipping. Remember what it was like during 2020 with cargo shipping? First of all, there were so many delays. And second of all, the price went from $2,000 a container to like $20,000 a container. It was absolutely insane. With Portless, your inventory is ready for sale within two to four days of being manufactured. That's crazy. The shipping within China is so ridiculously fast and cheap to actually get you to Portless which is incredible. That means no more waiting 45 to 60 days for your products to actually arrive, right? Portless understands the importance of being nimble and cash positive in the world of D2C and e-commerce. That's why they're here to make it easier for brands like you guys. And if you guys are agency owners as well, I would definitely let all of your brands know about this. They ship to over 55 countries from their fulfillment center in China. And your customers are still going to enjoy the domestic shipping experience within six to eight day shipping. And again, you know, their average is five days. I know they don't want me to say that, but that is their average. And last mile tracking numbers from trusted carriers like USPS and Canada Post. But here's the game changer. Not only is this premium experience not expensive, actually cheaper than your current fulfillment options. I I have zero doubt about that. That's because cargo shipping often comes with a laundry list of extra fees that eat into your profits, right? Import duties, terminal handling charges, Oh, de-stuffing fees. Oh, I love that one. Portless is here to help you improve your gross margins by up to 40% by eliminating those fees and costs. If you're looking for a way to take control of your inventory and free up cash flow for this holiday season and moving into Q1, Portless is the answer. This is the answer for you guys. So down in the show notes, we are going to have a link for you to try Portless out. So go to the link and order a product, order it to your address somewhere here in North America and see what happens. And again, for the, my Australia listeners as well, they do ship down there too. So try it out. 
it's an incredible experience and you can see how seamless it looks. Honestly, guys, we are thinking about moving all of our fulfillment over there because it is such a phenomenal experience and is changing our cash conversion cycle absolutely massively. So again, links down in the show notes. I'll probably be talking about these guys a lot in the future. Anyway, on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Guys, I might be 37 years old, but I understand TikTok. Just kidding, I don't. And that's why I've got Jake on the podcast today because, you know, TikTok, organic TikTok ads, now TikTok shops. What is this? You know, I feel like when boomers are talking to me, I feel like that when I'm talking to TikTok, like Jake is talking to me about TikTok shops the other day and I'm just trying to somehow figure out what in the world he's talking about. And then I finally did and I was like, okay, you got to come on the podcast. And, and talk to me like I am stupid today. So without further ado, Jake Bajorseth, welcome to the podcast. Jordan, thanks so much. Eager to dive in, suffice to say. Yes, yes. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I'm having a hard time with the hard J there in your name. You know, like as a Canadian, I'm like, I don't know, like, isn't that a soft J? But that's neither here nor there. For people who don't know anything about you or anything about Trendsetter, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Definitely. And you're totally right. It should be a soft J. So you nailed it in terms of the actual correct pronunciation, but I don't even try to do the silent J or tell people to. And so for some context, Jake Bjors it. In other words, I'm the founder of a company called Trendsetters. We're a Gen Z agency. We help brands understand and reach that demographic. A lot of what we do is at the insights and consulting level with brands in the Fortune 1000 capacity, McDonald's, PacSun, Coke, L'Oreal, Neutrogena, usually working in the consulting and insights lane, and then we'll execute campaigns. And the other half of what we do, which is a little bit more agile and nimble compared to the corporate enterprise level, is working with small business, high growth startup, particularly in the TikTok space. Cool. Naturally, being a Gen Z agency, TikTok very native to us. Feels like half of our employees are former TikTok influencers for the most part. I even live right now in a content house here in the middle of the country. Okay, okay. Wait, so for people who may not understand, guys, I'm, I'm a hip with the times. I know what a content house is. But for those of you who are listening to this, <laughs> Jake, what is a content house? Because just in case our listeners don't know, I love that that's where you're living. Yeah. So essentially a content house in the traditional sense is as influencers were growing, they decided, okay, why don't we just get a house together? We live there together. And because we're living together, we can create content all of the time. Yeah. And so as popular content houses started coming online, there was the Hype House, there was the Sway Boys, like left and right. And I saw all of this happening. And I go, you know what? Like, again, we're Gen Z agency. A lot of our employees are Gen Z. Why don't we try to set up our own instead of independent actors with their own businesses? You know, we're all on the same team. We're all on W2. There's a little bit less risk association that all of those content houses inevitably ran into. And so... So we got a house in Venice Beach, second house off the end of the beach there on the boardwalk and demoed it. It went incredibly well. And I said, this is awesome, but I'm done paying LA prices. We're going to bring this back to the Midwest where we can do this a hell of a lot cheaper with a lot more space. Cool. And so I decided to bring this back to Kansas City where I was born and raised and where the company was started and our main age has always been. And essentially it's a house no different than the home you probably live in, except entirely staged for content. And so no different than how some companies have production 
production studios. That is quite literally our production studio just looked like a house because that's the style of content that young consumers want to see. I hope you guys are taking notes here because I think that's a super interesting idea when we think about like even the way that all of us in business have been going about things. It's interesting because like I'm a millennial, right? And I feel like there is such a massive divide between millennials and Gen Zs and even just like some of the ways that we think about things and do things. And we're still in a lot of old ways, right? Like I have multiple warehouses around that really don't do anything for our content with our brands, right? Like there's a lot of stuff that is being wasted that could be potential marketing opportunities. So hearing stuff like that, I'm like, oh, Jake, I absolutely love this. So let's talk TikTok in general. I think a lot of us, again, people who listen to this podcast are, are mainly in that sort of millennial sort of range from what I know about our audience. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are having a hard time actually breaking into TikTok. One of my buddies, John Roman at Battlebox has done an incredible job over there. And honestly, he's the only brand I can think of in our age range that have actually figured it out <laughs> in my network right now. What do you need to know? Let's talk TikTok organic to start. What do we need to know? What are the places and the things that we're doing that just aren't resonating with, with the Gen Z audience that's over there? Yeah. So I think fortunately, over the past few years, we've seen what we call the TikTok TikTokification of essentially almost all content across platforms. Essentially, the rise of a very, very short form video, non-produced, lower quality, selfie style, perhaps even grainy, and that style of content tending to resonate more. Then it pushed to Instagram and then Facebook. And now it seems that the lifeblood of most social platforms from an attention and consumer utilization perspective is in that kind of medium. So we are seeing it in places, the core of the TikTok platform, and what I think gets most overlooked and what actually makes it unique as a platform is the difference in algorithm. And so the algorithm structure is based on who you follow as well as the For You page. And the majority of all content consumption on the platform is on your For You page. And so while certainly who you follow can show up, on that For You page, 80 to 90% of that content is not coming from accounts that you follow. And so if you forget everything you know about social media and had just started on TikTok, the rules, the KPIs, how we think about social media would be vastly different. Totally. You know, we tend to prioritize engagement rate and followers and all of these metrics that in other platforms, historically, they matter. But frankly, in a TikTok world, the majority of the brands we work with in the platform, while certainly we want to grow followers, we care more about FYP for you page reach than we do actual followers and these metrics that don't matter as much to us because every single time we post, we have the ability to reach new potential consumers. And so from a strategy perspective, it kind of has to change your internal KPIs, objectives, goals, how you think about the platform. And with it, one of the things we always mention to brands in the organic space is if the majority of people you're reaching is always your followers, it makes sense to not post more than once or twice a day. Yeah. But if the majority of people you reach is people not your followers, why the hell not post 10 to 15 to 20 times a day? Totally. You're not inundating them with anything because they're new people. Exactly. Exactly. That is so different. I actually love that you said one of the things that I glommed onto there is if you had started on this platform, you would think differently. And I think that's the problem is that all the brands that we own were started massively on Instagram. Like one of the brands I own still has like 300,000 followers. That actually means something, you know, like that actually yeah. means something when, whereas on TikTok, it's like, okay, cool. You've got a bunch of people who have followed you, but th that doesn't really matter that much comparatively to like, that's not going to mean that every video that you post is going to go viral, right? Whereas mm -hmm. on Instagram, we know how the algorithm works over there. 
right? And yes, it is getting a little bit more, like there's more discovery and stuff on uh, happening on Instagram. I've definitely noticed that recently, but it's not the same thing. And so we all grew up like this. And now it's like, no, the rules have changed. The rules have changed. And I actually think changed yeah. for the better. To be totally honest, it's actually getting us to create better content in general that is engaging, right? Jake, let's get into TikTok shop. Walk me through like I don't know anything about TikTok shops because basically I don't. Yeah, so the fundamental challenge and anyone that works in social media or influencer marketing will understand this incredibly well is that you could do the best job in the world, but if the conversion point is in a different location as an agency partner, as a social media manager trying to get a raise at the end of the year. Having to connect the dots there and develop attribution is incredibly difficult. And so the bottom line of what TikTok is from a consumer perspective and why it matters so much is because it is entire collapsing of the funnel. It is a social commerce integration to the platform that allows brands to hook in wherever they currently sell products, whether on Shopify, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, you name it. You can integrate that in, have your own storefront inside of TikTok, and consumers will actually purchase product and transact through that media. Gotcha. So while in one hand, it's a new marketplace to sell products, it is also from a marketing perspective, a way to reach new potential customers and convert them in the same medium, unlike anything we've ever seen. So yeah, it's super interesting to me that the way that all of this works staying on platform, how does that work as far as like attribution is concerned? Because a lot of this is creator driven, right? I think that's where TikTok shops really differentiate. Can you explain that to me of like why you'd work with creators to then send to TikTok shops rather than to your own website? Yeah. So what's amazing is when the conversion medium happens inside the platform, you'll be able to track essentially the entire attribution journey along the way. And so what we see for brands is we actually have a video when you get set up on TikTok shop, you'll have a video by video breakdown of what that video brought in sales wise, not just on the content you're posting, but also the content that gets posted by affiliate. And the obvious question there is how do affiliates get their payouts? That'll automatically happen and be transacted through the platform. Cool. And so at the end of the month, at the end of the week, you can see your entirety of your revenue in a percentage by percentage breakdown and even a more nuanced breakdown of where that revenue came from. Was it live stream? Was it ads? Was it organic? Was it affiliate? And be able to get a much clearer picture in terms of what's working. And one of the things we always love is this also adds an interesting component when it comes to content, because now what do you historically prioritize in terms of content? It's going to be reach, how many people they've reached, engagement on that post, yeah. so on. What we found time and time again is it's not the videos necessarily that go viral and get millions of views that actually sell the most. Oftentimes it's the video with 25,000 views that led to a thousand conversions. Wow. Yeah. And that 25,000 view video significantly will outperform that of the 2.5 million view video. So I think it was unfair of me to say, I don't know anything about TikTok. I actually know a ton about their ad platform and all that. We actually run millions of dollars of TikTok ads, but all that to say, I still comparatively to Jake have no friggin' clue what I'm doing. Now, one of the biggest issues that we found at Upgrowth and a bunch, of, I, I don't know if you guys know any agency owners out there. I actually do quite a bit of agency coaching too. And one of the biggest issues that we see is the attribution TikTok over is absolutely brutal. Like I've never seen a real positive like return on ad spend on the TikTok platform itself, maybe through Triple Whale a little bit or North Beam. We can see a little bit more. TikTok shop solves all of that, right? It really does because it's all within the platform. All of that attribution is happening within the platform. So for even to look at that attribution and say like, well, yeah, maybe it's overinflated like we do with Facebook ads all the time, right? It's like, oh yeah, 
Yeah, sure. You know, you just happen to get in front of a customer before that. This is legit purchases that are happening. Like these are actually happening and you can actually trust these purchases. Jake, I'd love to get into, I mean, this isn't like a big sales pitch for you guys or anything. And Jake is not a sponsor, just so you guys know. But I'd love to like hear like, do you have any case studies of brands that are crushing it on TikTok shops? Yeah. So I think the one that everyone should look at that's sold incredibly well is a company called Soundcore. I'll share a few in a few different categories. Sure, that'd be awesome. I think much of this is category specific. So Soundcore, it's a headphone, their version of AirPods, things of that nature, speakers. They've absolutely crushed it through the platform and it's been a high volume organic strategy paired with affiliates and very minimal on the ad front. Additionally, there's a brand that I love more than anything called Art of Sucra. And what they sell is really interesting flavored cotton candies like raspberry lemonade and you know these versions and then these things called glitter bombs that you throw into your drink and it changes the color and it tastes good and so on. And that's a brand that's done an amazing job just with the organic following on the platform in terms of selling. And so there's brands in quite a variety of categories and they're able to sell. I know historically, a lot of the brands that we've seen do the best and what I always hear is, oh, it's like the freeze-dried candy and it's the really quirky, odd products. And certainly those tend to rise to the top because it's so product-centric and index is over for it. Yeah. Also low AOV too, right? Yeah, yeah. But we found success in actually a wide variety of categories, even in the furniture I mean, we're selling $250 chairs, $150 Ottomans, and it all comes back to that For You page where if we know who we need to reach, we can craft the right content strategy and the right affiliate strategy and, of course, the ad strategy to make sure we get in front of that customer. And if we, of course, can create some unique incentives for them to purchase in this medium, things will go really well. What has been this transition between a regular influencer, right? Who it's just like, hey, I'm going to post for you and you're going to pay me. And I don't really care what happens after because you're probably not going to work with me again anyway, versus this new performance influencer type. And and this is what I'm calling it now because we're actually building out a a huge program at Upgrowth right now alongside of this off of TikTok as well. But like, what has the transition been like on the creator side of things? Because now it's like, hey, if you don't perform and your video doesn't perform, you're actually not getting paid. Or am I off there? Is there other payments or is it just the affiliate payments that are happening within TikTok shop? Because I truly believe TikTok shop is changing the way that influencer market, it it will forever change the way that influencer marketing is going to work. Yeah, you said it totally right. It's changing what it means to be an influencer, but I think it's doing uh, for the better. If we really boil down what it should mean to be an influencer, it shouldn't be the number, what level of influence do you have? That's the bottom line question. And so often we've seen rates only continue to go up based on CPN, based on the average use per post on, in terms of engaging with influencers. And so it's a fundamental shift in what that relationship looks like. One of the things I absolutely love about the affiliate side, beyond just the incentive component, is now in theory, any affiliate can get associated with your brand. Now, it's up to you to decide, are we gonna send them for free sample or not? Do we wanna repost their content? Do we want their post to stay up? Because we can also get it so that post gets removed from their page entirely. If we happen to not like their promotion in some way. But now in theory, you can have thousands of affiliates creating content for you and they are in the incentive with you where the more they sell, the more you're gonna make, of course, and the more that's gonna flow back to is it? And so really, it's just an alignment of incentives. Oh, totally. In a way it's full that, win-win, right? Like that's exactly what it comes yeah. down to is like no one's taking a risk anymore. 
right? Like, well, actually, no, I would say the influencer now is taking a risk comparatively. Yeah, that's what I'd say. I would say it puts more pressure on influencers to prove that they can actually move product with their audience base as opposed to and, and because of that, the most popular influencer that historically have charged the most, perhaps they were in the comedy space or the lifestyle space, or they had a lot of followers because they were attractive. And we can act like that's not a reality, but it is a reality. Yeah, of course and it's a reality. Those individuals that benefited immensely from that, the, the bill is going to come due and things are going to move in the direction away from that and towards, hey, your ability to actually influence people to move on things as opposed to simply your ability to reach a whole lot of people with none of that action or engagement leading anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk percentages here. So a couple of things I want to make sure that we cover in here before we go today. I really want to talk about how to actually set up TikTok shops, how you do it. I want to get into the how of all of that. But before that, I actually want to get into like, what are we paying the influencers on a, like, is this a, a percentage? Is this flat? Yeah, I've done a lot of affiliate stuff in the past and it's kind of varied like that. So what are we looking at there? And then number two, follow up to that question as well. Is, as a brand, do we get to keep that content or is that a separate deal? Yeah, so when it comes to the percentages and it is more often than not a percentage breakdown in the platform, you know, we typically range between 10 to, uh, in some instances, we're going up to 30%. And we're finding a way to meet the margins there. Would that be more on a subscription product, maybe the 30%? So subscription product is one way to look at it. What we look at is what's the percentage likelihood of a reorder, understanding that if we can get them to buy through this medium, they'll likely either go to our website or just go to our page next time okay. and purchase yeah. through us. Cool. It, it's also something that we've wanted to be really aggressive early on before affiliate marketing takes off in the platform. And so we've been able to convince brands, hey, let's go really aggressive early on because if we can get an army of 2,500 affiliates, which is some targets that we've set per brand. Yeah. The numbers here are staggering. 2,500 um, affiliates. Yeah. There's a That's... brand we're working with right now with 2,500 affiliates. They're pulling in very substantial revenue from them. And part of that is we've gone in at a higher commission rate, understanding that we can bring that commission rate down at any point and it will automatically shift over. So even if they started working with us at 25%, if we drop that down to 20 or 15, that's going to automatically change. Yeah. And so the way we look at it is if they know they can sell our product because our product moves, they're going to be okay when we bring that percentage commission down. Gotcha because they're already making so much anyway. Yeah, interesting. So I just want to say, if anyone from TikTok Canada is listening to this, I really want this in Canada. I don't understand why you skipped Canada. You told me that you were going to have this like ages ago. So, and I know that there are people from TikTok Canada who listen to this. So guys, come on, come on. Just give Jordan some love here, okay? There's one of our brands up here that I think will crush on TikTok shop. So just in case anyone's, sorry, not just in case, I know you were listening to this. So think of a couple of you that reach out to me. Jake, this is super interesting. I, I've got some like more like granular questions before we kind of get into a little bit more of the setup side. And also guys, I want to throw this out there. This is what Jake's agency does. This is one of the kind of smaller services that you guys do is help set up and then actually manage this. But I do want to, for people who are do-it-yourselfers, let's talk about how, so you've got these 2,500 affiliates. So you're sending out like 2,500 DM to them, like when you're launching a new product, or is this something where within TikTok shops, you're able to blast out to your affiliates? What does that look like? So Jordan, the best part of all of this 
is this is all managed through a dashboard in the TikTok shop seller center. Oh, there'll be a tab on your affiliate. It'll open up a new tab inside of that. We'll have all of our plan options, all of our analytics. We'll have all of our sample requests. We can even see on those sample requests what they've done in terms of affiliate content posted. What's their percentage rate that they fulfill for brands that issue them samples? And the most important metric, we can see what they've done sales-wise. And I can't tell you enough how much that changes the dynamics. I've come across influencer, one I posted to LinkedIn, this influencer had 14,000 followers. Their sales over just a two and a half month window were $90,000 in sales that they had driven with 14,000. See, Jake, this is what you were talking about. I think 14,000 followers, okay, there's just no possible way that they can drive revenue, but it's not a follower game. Not a follow. It's a content game, right? It's a, can I make content that hooks people enough and convinces people enough to go and buy something, right? Those are the people mm-hmm. you want to hold on to. Those are the people that I would then reach out to and be like, hey, do you want a sales job? Because they are probably phenomenal salespeople. Okay, this is just too much fun, Jake. Okay, walk me through what, what are the step-by-steps for people to actually get hooked up on TikTok shops and start selling? Yeah, so in terms of a setup process there, and it can be an arduous one, I've yet to hear of someone not running into a single snag. I haven't either. All I've heard is pain, pain, pain. So go into it knowing you're going to run into some issues, but you'll get there because everyone before you has been through the same journey. So you can go to TikTok Shop Seller Center and essentially submit an application. It's going to ask for a litany of business information. Great word, by the way. Let's not go past litany before we continue on. Keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be a lot. And then even after that application gets submitted, it's going to say, okay, we need a photo of your driver's license with this, with this, of all the owners and so it's going to be a regular goal to get even just in there. Then once you're in there, you're going to want to handle the integration. Now, TikTok has some incredible integration partners. There's platforms like ShipBot, Pipe17, Silk, Commerce. I have to mention all of them because we're partnered with all of them. So you're mentioning Shopify last because everyone's just like, because there yeah. is a great integration with TikTok shops and Shopify, correct? Correct. Okay. So there is an integration with Shopify. And what I'll say is in that integration process, it's relatively seamless. But again, there will still be some issues there. What it'll do, though, is load your inventory into the platform, all of your product SKUs, everything will automatically essentially get listed. And what's amazing is from a order fulfillment perspective, it will come through to your fulfillment, whether you're shipping out of your apartment or several warehouses. I mean, we even have a furniture client. We have four different warehouses and we need it to ping the right one throughout the country based on proximity to the warehouse, cross-checking inventory on a chair that weighs 60 pounds. So we better not mess up this delivery because it's going to be an expensive one. So however you currently do so, it's going to transact the same way in terms of the printing label, all those other details. So does it integrate then, like, is it best to bypass Shopify and go straight to like ShipStation or to your, like, I'm thinking about all these different levels of the companies that we own and Finale is like the IMS that we use. So do they just go straight to the IMS? Or sorry, you guys, so, inventory management system? Yeah. So you can set it up to go straight to an IMS. However, most brands have it go through either Shopify and they'll have the IMS integration in between or you know wherever their commerce medium is essentially they'll have the ims in between okay i think that's recommended just because when you go to list a new product as well as inventory and things of that nature it's a lot easier if you only have to do so on shopify versus having to do so on shop gotcha yeah that's your source of truth there as well. And also how in the world, if TikTok shops is taking off, how in the world are you going to get your pings throughout the day? You know, like those little dopamine hits, like 
every second. Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of, sorry, I'm just going to do a quick aside. Jake, I'm, I don't know if you ever listen to this podcast, but I am always on tangents. Interesting. I asked on Twitter a while ago, who still has their Shopify notifications on? And I will tell you, there's massive brands that the founders still have their notifications on. I still have mine on, on every brand. I love it. And it's super annoying, but it's like, I just love seeing that. Anyway, that's a little aside there. Keep going, Jake. No, no, you're totally right. Fortunately and unfortunately, we haven't launched a consumer product of our own. I'm in a position where I haven't had a chance to do that. I don't know whether or not I will turn it off. You're not getting the dopamine levels that you need, you know, from your regular notifications. I think the time I spend on TikTok is probably wrecking my dopamine receptors more than enough. Oh, I might need to keep those notifications off. Yeah, yeah, good idea. So I just want to kind of encapsulate what you're saying here. So for brands that are trying to get onto talk shops, it's going to be a pain. It is absolutely going to be a pain. There's no doubt about it. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Like, of course it's worth it. If you have the resources to do it, I highly recommend hiring somebody like Jake's firm. Like this is something that you want to be on right now. As soon as you can, again, TikTok Canada, let's go, let's go. I want to be a beta tester, an alpha tester, whatever you're doing. But this is an absolute, again, I get nothing from this for Jake, but really, really highly recommend that you guys go and check them out if you are having a hard time setting it up. And I know, you know, we've had brands at Upgrowth that are having a bit of a hard time setting it up. It is not something that we specialize in on the TikTok shop side because how in the world would you specialize in something that's brand new? So yeah, it's just super, super interesting to me. Jake, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Caffeine could certainly be an answer. Great answer. I, I would say the secret to scaling for us today and the plan certainly moving forward. It, and this is such a gushy answer, if you will, but it's 100% people. So we would not be here. I'm saying all of this about TikTok shop. Certainly I'm a user of TikTok. I don't have more than 10,000 followers on the platform personally. And it's not a platform that of our team, I'm in the bottom 10% of true consumer knowledge of this platform of this medium. I'm just good at talking about it in a business context from what I get told. You know, our head of TikTok shop was one of the first 100 users verified on Musical.ly. Wow. Wow. Do you remember when Gary V was talking? I don't know if you followed Gary V. I remember him talking about Musical.ly and I'm like, what a stupid platform. I would never. He's like, yeah, you guys yeah. should check this one out. It's good. I'm like, no, no, no. I'll let other people check that out. And then it turns into this. Yeah, 100%. No, big fan of Gary V. Part of the reason I dropped out of college and to start this business, actually. So I would wow. say it's been people. That's awesome. You know, we are comprised of some of the most talented young people, I believe, on the planet Earth, not just in the world of Mark who work their asses off to make this happen. So it's an amazing environment. And I would say that's been our secret to everything because I wouldn't be able to do any of this alone. I'm a college dropout. That was a shitty st- and I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. Yes, 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 yes. Guys, what Jake is saying is this is a principle of the universe. A beautiful book by Dan Sullivan from a couple of years ago, Who Not How. Go and read that or listen to that one uh, with Benjamin Hardy. It's just phenomenal with this whole concept of realizing like, oh yeah, I can think of the how to do it, but that's not going to actually get you to that next level, right? Like Jake admitting that he's in that bottom 10%. Awesome, Jake, you're incredibly smart and you know what you're doing right? Because you find people around you that are way better than you. Guys, at Upgrowth, unfortunately, earlier in this year, we had to get rid of our entire sales team. I had to take over sales. Oh my gosh, that was a blast. But I also run multiple companies. So it was taking up a lot of time. And I hired somebody who is like 10x better than me at sales. 
like just incredible. And that has changed my life again. And realizing that in all of our companies as we do that and find the who's is incredible. So yeah, Jake, I got three more questions. I hope that you're ready. I'm ready. Awesome. First question for you, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Okay. If they haven't heard of it already, like you have to use Superhuman for your emails. If you're like two podcasts ago, somebody said Superhuman too. And I'm like, I don't use Superhuman. So that's the one I feel like most people know about. I'm glad. I know I, about it. I just never used it. By the way, if anyone from Superhuman's listening, they could charge like $300 a month that I would still have to pay for it. Like I'm useless without it. I would say the app I use most often is actually Woo. And I'm a huge personal health nut mm. and, and it allows me to go, go, go. Oh, I think most founders and not just even founders, but if you work in marketing, so much of it is you're on all the yeah. time. And even when you're working, you're technically on because you try to consume something and then like commercials are, you know, you're watching a football game and then commercials are on and like, you need to be paying attention to the commercials. Why is Burger King? This is an interesting strategy from Burger King. Let me analyze this. And you go on Twitter to consume, but really you find yourself down the rabbit hole of D to C, you know, content creator. And you're like, oh, wait, 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 hold on. And so the ability to kind of find... I think balance is totally the wrong word, but keep things sharp, both physically and mentally. Cool. Whoop, I wear it and I obsess over all my stats on that platform. Yeah, that's great. I've only heard good things. Jake, second question for you. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Podcast. Or is this the wrong question for a Gen Zer? Like, I don't know. Like, does long form content get consumed? I don't know. <laughs> like, what's your favorite TikTok creator yeah, yeah, that yeah. you could spend 15 second bites of? No, I, I'm definitely, definitely versed in the podcast side of things. I would say, like, audiobook I'm obsessed with. I'll listen to uh, meditations, the meditations of Marcus Aurelius mm. all the time. Cool. It's like my go to kind of passive consumption. And then more legitimate consumption, I still tune in. It's a little bit hard because I've been a listener for like five years, but everything Gary Vee puts out or Alex Hermosi, like both of those guys. Yeah. I try to tune into at a certain point. I feel like I've heard it a thousand times. And do I really need, you know, more of it? But those are some of like the staples, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I definitely like that Alex Ramosi came on the scene at one point because he's not opposed to Gary Vee, but he's so tactical in what he does. Like read a hundred or listen to a hundred million dollar leads. And it's like, oh, anybody can literally do this. And it's step by step by step. And just his content in general that he puts out is just absolutely phenomenal. Love Gary too. But for me, if I want tactical, practical kind of stuff, I go to Alex Ramosi. I, I don't even know how many times I'm just sharing his stuff around to different people. Like this will solve your problem right now. So it's great. Last question for you, Jake. You just found out you have a year to live. What changes? Oh, I have to remind my girlfriend of this all the time. And it might not even be a year. I might do it with 10 years. What would change? I would maybe continue consulting with our company, but I wouldn't work in it at all. And I would move to probably some third world country and I would be the rock drummer for a really crappy cover band. So I play the drums here, rock band here in town. And that is like my true creative spirit where I come up with the best ideas is smashing cymbals and the toms and the and so that's oh, what Jake, I would do I if I had that. a year left. Just go chill. A little bit of that, a little bit of tequila, and I'll be good. Sweet. I love that. Great answer. I haven't had that answer yet, Jake. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Where can people connect with you and find out more about trendsetters? Yeah, the medium I'm on most is LinkedIn. Jake B. Or frankly, if you just type in Jake and then the letter B, it should pop up. Or the B and then the J. Like I can't imagine after that him not popping up. Yeah, after those two, far and few between. LinkedIn, my email's public too. So I'm always checking email. Thanks to Superhuman, of course. It sounds like I'm 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what happened. Yeah, his affiliate <laughs> code will be down in the show notes. Yeah, guys. So I'm everywhere. I'm easy to find on all social mediums and I'm all active on this. So hit us up anytime and I will assess things and then introduce you to one of our team members that's, as mentioned, far more intelligent at his stuff than myself. Awesome. Well, Jake, I'm so glad that we got connected uh, on this. Really good to have a resource like you in our back pocket and absolutely love being connected with you. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for uh, having me on. I appreciate it, Jordan. Absolutely. Hey guys, just wanted to say thanks again so much for listening to the podcast. If I could ask one favor of you, it would be to share this with your other e-commerce store owner friends. Uh, we want uh, everyone in the e-com space uh, to be listening to this podcast and lots of you guys already are and we really, really appreciate that. One last thing before you go as well is we are offering to our podcast listeners a free e-commerce growth plan where we go from strategy to sale with your brand in this e-commerce growth plan. So feel free to go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow and apply for a free growth plan today. Thank you all again so much for listening.